Welcome. I am Chris Oram. In this session, Dr. Ruth explains how the Lord encouraged and commanded Joshua to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land. We will also be introduced to a very courageous lady called Rahab, and we will learn how she displayed bold and strong faith against all odds. Here is Dr. Ruth. Okay, moving right along here, we come to Joshua chapter 1. What is the gist of this chapter? Overall, we will, the first few verses opens with the Lord encouraging Joshua. Joshua is installed as a leader again. We talked about this in Deuteronomy chapter 31, which was the official inauguration, if you will. And just some background here before we get into the verses. Keep in mind that the book of Joshua opens with the Israelites camping right at the east bank of the Jordan River. They are just right there, right at the edge of the promised land. And they had been in the wilderness 40 years, like I had mentioned, the first generation had died. This new generation, Israelites were ready. If you recall, the book of Deuteronomy, which we went over in depth, okay, which was the restating of the law or Moses gave further explanation or expounding of the law to the second generation Israelites to teach them, explain to them God's law. Moses had reiterated the, the loss of God, the consequences for obedience and disobedience. He had explained over and over. So these second generation Israelites were young in their 20s and 30s and 40s, they were ready. They were excited. The laws had been reiterated over and over. And they were ready to go possess that land. So they were sitting right there, right at the edge of the promised land, just waiting to cross over the, the Jordan to go possess the land. And um, I just want to give you perspective again, even though I talked about this in the introduction. Joshua is being installed. What really were his qualifications. Let's take a closer look at this. Joshua was ready for the moment. Joshua number one was called by God. A leader has to be called by God. In the world today, people would tell you that leaders are appointed, leaders are trained. Oh, no, no, no. In God's kingdom, the way God does his own things, the leaders have to be called by God. And number two, experience. Joshua, like I said earlier, was Moses' aide in the last 40 years or so. He had been side by side, Moses, very experienced. And number three, Joshua had displayed strong, bold faith. Like I said, if you remember, Numbers chapters 13 and 14, when Moses sent the 12 spies out to go spy the promised land, it was only Joshua and Caleb who came with a positive report. So Joshua had displayed strong, bold faith and confidence in God. Okay. And so we see those three major significant qualifications of Joshua as a leader, giving this young, ready for battle Israelites reason to trust their leader. And also 
Keep in mind as a, as a background information that there were 12 nations stronger than the Israelites that the Israelites were going to possess in the promised land. I want you to go back to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7 verses 1 and 2 and read those nations. As an example, the, the Canaanites, the Rubidites, the Amorites, all the rites. You can go back there and get some more perspective. So the Israelites, they, are, they were they were not as strong as these other nations. They didn't have the fortitude on their own. They didn't have the weapons. They didn't have the chariots. They had God, though. Oh, my goodness. They had God. So their trust was solely 100% on God. So they were ready. Okay? So just keep that um, perspective in the background as I get into the first few verses and I'm going to read beginning here with uh, Joshua chapter one, the first six verses I want to read to you because these are self-explanatory and they are powerful. Okay. Verse one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's aid. By right away, we see how the Lord is referring to Moses as his servant. Isn't that what a blessing for the Lord to call you his servant? What an honor to work for God. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to you, to the Israelites. We see here how the Lord is telling Joshua, you know what? Moses is dead. It's time to move on. And the Bible teaches us in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is a time for everything. There's a time to mourn. The Israelites had mourned. Moses, there's a time to pack up and go. That is what we see the Lord telling them to do. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. <laughs> Isn't that Awesome. God is such a good God. He wants to bless us abundantly, exceedingly, but we have to do it his way and not our ways. So we see the Lord here reiterating to Joshua that I will give you everywhere you set your foot, just as I promised to Moses. Uh, verse 4, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Verse 5. And again, remember in verse 4 there, the Lord is reiterating the same promise he gave, gave to Abraham, just to highlight his faithfulness and consistency. Verse 5. I love this one. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. How encouraging. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestor to give them. Let's pause. How encouraging. Wouldn't you like the Lord to speak to your heart to be strong and courageous? Well, guess what? He has already told us so throughout the Bible. We are told this again in Hebrews uh, 13, 5. Be strong and courageous. I will never leave or forsake you. And again, in the Gospels, as an example, Matthew 28, 20, we 
learn how the Lord Jesus was speaking to the first generation or to his original uh, disciples, rather. That also applies to all of us today who are followers of Jesus Christ. We are his disciples. In uh, Matthew 28, 20, the Lord was telling the first disciples that he will never leave or forsake them. Today, God will never leave or forsake us. Whenever we are doing the will of God, whenever we are in a leadership position, even when we are just Christians living in this dark world, the Lord will never leave or forsake us. So we should take courage. Friend, as some of you already know, this program is financially supported 100% by love gifts from listeners like yourself. So please, would you help us with a donation so that we can produce more programs and bless others? We need your financial support. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, and easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular email, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tiny Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address. Info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978. Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries is a federal government-approved 501c corporation, which means that all of your donations are 100% tax-deductible, as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers. And we will find out how the Lord will encourage Joshua with these same words. Be strong, be strong, be strong. About three times in this chapter. Let's talk about this briefly. What is the Lord saying? What does it mean to be strong? Number one, it means to stand firm. Looking unto him. Number two, it means to be resolute, to make a decision, to make a heartfelt decision that you will be firm and focus on the Lord 100%. And number three, it means we should not waver. We should not doubt. Okay, later on in the New Testament, James tells us that a double-minded person or somebody who is wavering will receive nothing from the Lord. And Jesus would later teach us in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that he is a vine, we are the branches. When we stay firm, resolute, and attached to Jesus Christ, 
We will be fruitful. So be strong. Be strong. Be strong. You can look at that as be firm, looking unto the Lord Jesus as the author and finisher of your faith. Be resolute in your decision to stay focused. Do not look to the left or to the right. Stay focused unto Jesus and do not waver. Do not change your mind. Be steadfast, trusting God to walk through you. So we see the Lord encouraging Joshua to be strong. And I just love the way the Lord will go on to do this because the Lord will tell us, beginning here in uh, verse 7, how he is going to do this. Let me read this. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, just like what I was saying that you may be successful wherever you go. See, God is telling us something right here. What is the recipe for success in God's kingdom? He is telling you right here, obedience. Be firm, be strong, do not waver. Your mind has to be firm, resolute to follow him. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful let me pause here this is a powerful verse of scripture people quote this verse all the time here's the deal here let's go back the lord is telling us that when we back then Joshua only had the first five books of Moses, Genesis through Deuteronomy. The Lord was telling Joshua that when you meditate, meditate meaning here you take the word of God. In Joshua's case, Joshua would take the first five books of Moses. He, he would study, he would ponder on it, he would close his eyes, he would think about it, he will meditate. Meditate just means that you Take the word of God. You think about it over and over and over. And as you're doing that, you're asking the Holy Spirit questions about the verse. You put yourself in the situation of the Bible characters. You imagine yourself. You ask questions. You think about it. You pray about it. You ponder on it all the time. And as you do that, what is happening or what will start happening is that in our case as New Testament believers... The Holy Spirit will start to give us revelation about the truths in God's word. I mean, this is not difficult. You've heard me talk about meditation all the time. As an example, when you have a problem, let's say you are facing a financial crisis or a divorce or a wayward child, whatever problem. Most people would think about the problem over and over. Well, meditation, you would do the same thing except you would be thinking about God's report, you would be thinking about God's word. You would be thinking about the solutions to your problem found in God's word or God's words. You would take the Bible verses of interest. You think about them. You ask questions of the Lord. You ask questions. You close your eyes. You meditate. And as you're doing that, the Holy Spirit will start to reveal to you godly truths from the scripture. And those truths will quicken your spirit man and you will be strengthened and you're going to have a supernatural knowing 
in your soul that you would not otherwise if you do not meditate. So the Lord is telling Joshua and us here that when we meditate in his word, it becomes easier for us to practice it. Let's go back and let me read that again. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Think about it. When you meditate on the word of God, then you get that godly revelation and quickening from the Holy Spirit. It becomes a reality to you. It will then become easier for you to put it to practice. You see? It becomes easier for you to put it in practice. And then when we practice it, then we become successful. That is what the end of verse 8 is saying. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So in God's kingdom, the recipe for success is number one, take the word of God, study the word of God, day in, day night, meditate on it, write it on a four by four card, carry it with you, think about it, think about it. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths of God's word to you. It becomes a reality to you. It will become easier for you to put it to practice. As you put it to practice in obedience to God, then you will see godly results and you will be prosperous and successful. That's the way it works in God's kingdom. Okay? So that is what the Lord was telling Joshua there in uh, verse 8. Moving along here. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How encouraging. Like I said earlier, whenever we are doing the will of God, even when we are living as Christians, we should not be afraid because the Holy Spirit that indwells us is always with us. Okay? So we come to uh, verse 10 here. Verses 10 through 11, we're going to see how Joshua is quickly obeying God after he received those instructions in his spirit by faith from God. He quickly obeyed and he was telling the Israelites what he had received from the Lord. Let me read these verses. Verse 10. So Joshua ordered the Officers of the people, verse 11, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. I like the way Joshua was quick and swift to obey the Lord. He went and told the people that, hey, be ready in three days. We will go. That is faith. We see Joshua already a man of faith instilling hope to the Israelites. He is telling them, be ready, we will go and possess it. You see, the Lord has blessed us with thousands of blessings. I heard one minister say, in the Bible we have five, five to six thousand promises from God. But these are just promises. We have to obey God, act in faith to possess them. We see Joshua doing that here. Verses 12 all the way there to verse 15. Just a quick summary. If you recall, we talked about this in Numbers chapter 32. You can go back there and refresh your memory. The three tribes, the Reubenites, the Gadonites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they had already chosen or agreed to settle 
on the other side of the Jordan River because they had livestock and they believed that uh, that land was better for their livestock and the Lord had approved that and Moses had instructed them that yes, they can settle in the land but they have to go with their brothers, the other tribes and cross over the Jordan to go possess the land. So that is what is happening here. Joshua is just telling the Reubenites, the Gadonites and the half tribe of Manasseh that they have already received their land, that their fighting men have to cross over with the other tribes to go possess the land in accordance to the way Moses had instructed them. So you can read those verses on your own. That is what those verses are explaining. So I pick it up here in verse 16. I am still in Joshua chapter 1. Now we're going to learn the response from the Israelites. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Isn't that reassuring? So we see how Joshua had instilled hope to the people. And these second generation Israelites had seen Joshua's leadership skills. So they are trusting in him already. And they are verbalizing that, yes, we believe in you, Joshua. We will follow you. Verse 17. The Israelites are continuing to speak to Joshua now. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Verse 18. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, we will put to death. Only be strong and courageous. I like that. How the congregation of the Israelites were also in agreement with Joshua's leadership. They also encouraged Joshua. They verbalized support for Joshua. I mean, that was awesome. It was, there was this, the spirit of unity was evident here. So that brings us to the end of Joshua chapter 1. Friend, as some of you already know, this program is financially supported 100% by love gifts from listeners like yourself. So please, would you help us with a donation so that we can produce more programs and bless others? We need your financial support. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, and easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular email, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries, P.O. Box 18 06 Loma Linda, California 92354 You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address info 
at drruthtiny.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978. Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries is a federal government-approved 501c corporation, which means that all of your donations are 100% tax-deductible, as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers.